Welcome back to the Play to Win podcast. I am Alex, and I've got the other game gurus, Jared and Josh, Yo. joining me again Hello. for another special <clears throat> episode where we're going to talk some more Star Starfield. This one is going to be mild spoilers. Nothing about the main story beyond like maybe just the intro and some things with the um, the the main area uh, main section of constellation but nothing beyond but that really we, we will be talking about in graphic detail when uh, a terror morph uh disembowels vasco though yes or vasco um, no i'm kidding that that, that doesn't, doesn't happen. happen or it he's could a, or Vasco's, does it he's a robot so who gives a shit you don't even know. So Doesn't have feelings. mild spoilers for this one. Uh, we'll try to if, if it's anything like a significant spoiler, we'll try to let you know ahead of time. But we'll if you've played the game, this is more just like here's some interesting things we found. Here's some things we liked about some different stories. Here's some things to be on the lookout for. Nothing too significant, but we'll just keep you keep that in mind when listening to this episode. But first, we're going to jump into a discussion topic for this episode um i thought we would talk a little bit about open world versus sandbox what makes a game open world and uh what are some of your favorite examples of each so first let's jump to josh this week josh oh God. what what it, i mean what it makes a game an open world versus sandbox for you what do you need to see in a game to make it a true open world well i mean i mean by definition um open world uh essentially means that there aren't very many restrictions right you know whether that's from uh you know gating around cities and uh, uh expanses that you go into for specific purposes um and traditionally the concept of open world is mostly an rpg mechanic right so so you think of like limitless places to go and then uh, within the framework of the game limitless things that you can do from like a interaction with npcs um so okay we got axel wants to give his two cents on it what is it bud right, we have a special guest this week axel is present this week mm -hmm. he's, so he's open... like he, but oh sorry in like sandbox um it's like watered down open world. I mean, if the simplest way to put it in a lot of cases where you might not necessarily have as many of the same elements of both scenarios that I described, like, you know, like uh, limitless things that you can do um, within the confines of the game or uh, seemingly go to the reaches of each uh, corner and traverse, you know, mostly all the terrains that you can see. So. What would you what would you consider? What's a good example of a sandbox game to you? Uh, recent memory. Yeah, in general, and in, in, you know anything. Um, you know, I would I would probably say. Would you call the Outer Worlds a sandbox game? And maybe I mean Final Fantasy 16 is probably definitely a sandbox, like kind of open zone sort of concept. Yeah. You know, that's an interesting thing, too, because I think this is where why I wanted to make this kind of a conversation is, is are those games sandboxes or are those games open world? Are they yeah. zones? You know, are they just tunnels? I yeah. I, I, I think have a very a, different definition. I, yeah, yeah, I, I want to hear what Jared has to say. So but but first, I would say I, I consider like the GTA games, maybe not so much the newest like five, but the 
like uh, three and four I, in San Andreas, I consider those sandboxes as opposed to open world or like the 2000 era Spider-Man games. Those are kind of open world or I'm sorry, sandboxes in general. Um, Zelda, the original Zelda. I think that's like one of the early examples of an open world game, in my opinion. Be- there's zones, but you can go anywhere on the map, for example. Um, I, I kind of think of Starfield. We talked about this a little bit off air. Starfield is built as open world, but I think it's more sandbox. It's just a bunch of zones connected. And now yeah. I'm even contradicting myself. But that's why I wanted to I think this is a good topic is where does one begin and the other end is a open world game, just a really big sandbox. I don't know, Jared, you have some thoughts on this. What are your thoughts? I think a sandbox gives you an open world with access to more mechanics. So I, I think sandboxes give you more access and I would just, I would say a sandbox is a game to where you could spend hours not engaging in PCs, not doing any quests, but still have a good time. Like Minecraft, that's a sandbox to me. I do think GTA five is a sandbox to me because you can fart around in there for hours driving around and robbing stores. Right. Um, whereas like, my favorite game cyberpunk that is an open world um fallout 4 is an open world you can't go into the majority of the buildings you have to pretty much stay on the rails in those games you can't explore but it doesn't really offer you many opportunities outside that uh just cause that's a sandbox to me because you can go in there um you can do the storyline if you want but you can also just go and cause mayhem and 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 fly planes and do whatever you want so i think a sandbox is literally think of kids in a sandbox they can go in there and they can create literally any experience that they want versus an open world the the world has been built for you and you're doing things in it but you're not really affecting the environment and you're staying where the developers want you to go so your view it sounds like um, a sandbox to you is less restrictive, more mm-hmm. opportunity. An open world is more restrictive, yep. fewer opportunities. That's I think that's an interesting. Huh. I think that's a and again, take. like Minecraft is the poster child for sandboxes in my head. I, well, Jared, I feel like I mean by definition, I feel like that is inverted i guess i also kind of looked it up and that's the consensus on yeah too just to confirm i was thinking he cheated i didn't cheat i just wanted to make sure i understood the the dichotomy and a lot of the stuff that i read was saying that sandboxes are minecraft-esque you know i think of sandbox i have uh, you know some of those aspects apply with me and some of them don't you know i would think of an open world is larger than a sandbox like a sandbox would be like one giant zone but with a ton of things to do in that zone whereas an open world would be just a really massive you know think skyrim it's just a really big open area to explore and there's some things to do in it, but it's also a lot of like, I just can, I can see that mountain in the distance and I can go to that mountain in the distance. Whereas the sandbox is, I can see that mountain in the distance, but it's not in this world. It's just a backdrop. I, that's kind of, to me, some of the differentiating points between it. I think a sandbox is a lot of things to do in a smaller, smaller con- constraint. Whereas an open world is just a bigger open sandbox i I don't know it's kind of like 
really, where do you draw the line? They're they're yeah. kind of one almost the same See, thing. See, I would point. I would say all sandboxes are open world, but not all open world games are sandboxes. Okay, that's how I see it. So okay. would you, Jared? Would you call like Spider Man a sandbox or an open world? That's an open world. You think it's open world? Okay. I mean, granted, <clears throat> you can go in there and swing around for hours, which I've done, and you yeah. and you can go and fight um, criminals and stuff and level up that stuff. But again, that's a key game mechanic in Spider Man is going and getting those those points and and doing stuff for like Taskmaster or whoever. I don't remember. It's been forever, but. Um, but yeah, Ghost of Tsushima, that's an open world. Because regardless of what you're doing, you're still doing things towards the progress of the overall game versus Minecraft. I can, Ari and I have built just this massive palace and roads all over this planet for, why? Because we felt like it. That's a sandbox. Mm-hmm. We're literally digging in the sand and creating whatever world we want to. And creating whatever experience we want to. So, I know you don't really play JRPGs, but your typical JRPG, what would you, how would you can, you know, you have an open, you have an overworld, uh, you know, like a classic, think of like a Final Fantasy or something, you picture in your head, there's an overworld with a map, you can, but you go into to towns and you go into, you don't really do anything in the overworld, would you consider that, where would you conceptualize that, I'm curious. Neither. Or is it something, Okay. Like, like, uh, what is it? Uh, Dragon Age Inquisition. I don't think that's an open world. It's huge, and there's a mm-hmm. bunch of massive maps on it, but there's mm-hmm. they're divided up by load screens. Well, that's yeah. what, so to get yeah. to these, it feels like a bunch of different areas packed together. And granted, those areas can be... Mm-hmm. See, this is where it gets really granular. Those areas ah, can yeah, be yeah. open world areas, but they're yeah. not necessarily sandboxes. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't classify... I wouldn't classify... Like, I wouldn't put inquisition in the same category as i put skyrim yeah no yeah and so i i'm i'm viewing you know my my concept of open world is mostly based on uh how the world is divided or lack thereof right so so to me uh like dragon age inquisition as example that's a collection of sandboxes like five sandboxes um you go to like an area it's self-contained you you can't do anything without with uh, outside of the scope of really what you're supposed to do in that area, and then um, you move on to the next one once you complete everything that's in that area. That's kind of like my take on that. Sounds uh, like we have just our definitions are flipped, but we still yeah. have the same like um like ideas about the differences between the two. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting too because there's not. I was thinking about this before, when I was thinking about this topic. It's like, are are sandboxes and open worlds fundamentally different? No, I just I in, I think, in my definition, yeah. I just think sandboxes <clears throat> are like like Star Citizen. I've never played it, but from what I understand, that's a sandbox. You I feel can like literally that's, do anything yeah. in that game. I feel like I mean, part of me too is like I I'm I'm separating the the world composition away from what you can do within that world right mm-hmm. so i mean if if you can build anything do like whatever you want you know create stuff like that that's not really part of what i'm defining in my um definition of I, i'm talking about like how you know 
if you want to call them regions, like regions of the game, right? How they're interconnected or lack thereof. Like, am, am I am I going? Can I literally go to everywhere in the game without going to some like hub world or um, you know passing through you know X number of load screens? Like that. That's kind of more of like where my uh, definition, I guess, is coming from. Um, I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts on that are. It's interesting because, like, let's take Skyrim. Most people would consider that an open-world game, right? Yeah. That's generally the definition. I mean, an Elder Scrolls, pretty much from Oblivion onward, Morrowind onward, has been considered quintessential open-world. Do we all agree with that? Yeah. Okay. So even those games, there are are sub-zones, right? Like, you you have one big open world, like an overworld, for example, where everything is on the same screen. And um, then under that, you still have zones when you go into certain big cities or when you go into a cave or a dungeon. Those things are on on the overworld, but they're not part of it. Like, you still have to zone through those. And I wonder if, if that's just a limitation of technology, but I, I would think a true... 100% 100% open world that stuff would be all on the same map, right? Yeah. Like you, and that's, you, yeah, you that's kind of like my my like point I guess is what I'm trying to make is that it's not there's no or it, there are either no barriers or very very few truly significant barriers between like where you are and where you want to go. That's essential, right? Right? You know, that's yeah. kind of you can you see it. You can go there, right? Yeah. Like that's kind of to me, that's an open world. Yeah. And I, I mean, and I, think, yeah. I think Jared kind of agrees with that in his definition, which I I think his definition is right. I mean, his definition yeah. is right. He looked it up. Um, it's just kind of like what what do we view as? It's murky, right? There's a lot of gray area, and in my opinion, a sandbox and an open world, they're the same. thing thing it's just what do you put into that well and i mean yeah i mean and and i feel like we're also especially nowadays yeah i feel like i mean if we're talking about uh like truly like you know it it has to be something where you can just create anything you want like to be a sandbox game then i mean we're talking more about like just truly like the gameplay mechanics that are being employed right so technically you would call if I'm understanding that, you're, you're, you'd call uh, uh, No Man's Sky a sandbox game, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, so, I, I, I mean, I suppose. Um, I never played No Man's Sky, so I don't know enough yeah. about the mechanics to really go into that. But the other thing I would talk about with regard to sandboxes is some of the more famous sandboxes are like the early 2000 Spider-Man games yeah, um, or the GTA games. There are a lot of things to do in those games, but the worlds aren't really all that big. And I think that's part of, to me, it's scope too. Mm-hmm. you know, the world. When we start talking about open world games, size starts to matter. That's why they talk about, they compare how big is, Manhattan in Spider-Man to yeah. Hyrule in Tears of the Kingdom or the the world in The Witcher and stuff like that. It's how big is this map? Yeah. And I think that's an important um differentiator between the two. Sandboxes are more contained but with a lot of stuff to do in wow. that containment and an open world game is we we have 
huge, expansive worlds. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think that's an interesting topic. Uh, it, it sounds like there's a, a lot of room for interpretation there. So, I think we lost Jared briefly, but why don't we go ahead and shift into our discussion of Starfield here, and then Jared yeah. can jump back in when he is available. Um, so I figured with this discussion, we would focus much more on the story aspects, uh, things that we've done that have been really cool. You know, light spoilers don't don't kind of ruin the storyline of anything. But let's talk about what we like. Yeah, essentially, essentially the, the main, uh, basically most things are fair game except for the main story, right? Yeah, let's avoid yeah. the main story because there's some really interesting things that happen on that game that really change how you look at the world, uh, the universe, I guess. So. For example, let, let's talk about one of my favorite storylines, quest lines, um, is the Crimson Fleet quest line. And yeah. so everybody knows <clears throat> the Crimson Fleet is like I it's, have a, returned. it's a, marauder, a marauder group. Yeah, we just shifted to talking oh. about Starfield, Jared. Um, I don't know what is going on, but yeah, I don't I'm, know. That's very distracting. I'm, okay. about, <laughs> I'm about to have a seizure here. Um, so anywho. Uh, we're, we're just talking about quest lines and storylines in Starfield that we really like. Um, I, and I just was using the Crimson Fleet as an example. This is probably one of the more interesting storylines in the game. Yeah. Um, Crimson Fleet probably is the a pirate. Oh, yeah, it is. I think it is. It's a uh, they're they're a pirate gang, essentially, that you learn about in in the world of Starfield, the universe of Starfield. And the way that starts is so cool. I think Jared actually took a different way into it. Yep. But the way it starts for most people, for me, um, I just got arrested in UC space and they're like, hey, do you want to be a do you want to be a spy? <laughs> you want to be a mole? And I thought that was so cool. And there's just so much depth into well, that. Well, they don't really give you a choice. <laughs> I, I mean, you can just choose to fuck off, right? Like, yeah. you can just say sure or not now and just leave. I, well, I think the, you just thought, pay I your fine they, and leave. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought they would, like, take you to jail, essentially. They, they would, but yeah. jail in this game is, like, you spend two days in jail or you pay a 350 credit fine or whatever, and then you're done. It's really not that big of a deal. <laughs> um, I will say, and this is kind of spoilery, but not, I was texting you guys, Matthias is the most annoying character oh and i just wanted to shoot him the entire time this guy you get to uh, you can yeah you can is that, he that dude that's like being recruited with you yeah yeah he's the other rookie yeah, yeah. That you basically have you you have the ability to like make sure he doesn't get accepted oh, essentially you can you can fuck this guy's life up and it's yeah. so funny like um, this is another mild spoiler, so just be aware. This is the one of the first two missions of this quest line, but essentially you, you can go through, and he's trying to get you to turn on the main guy the whole time. Kept mentioning it too. It's just like shut keeps, up. It's like, dude, 
do you I said really, no. Do you want to get caught? I mean, seriously, man. And then finally, at the very end, um, you're, I can't think of his name right now, but the main dude from the uh, the head of the Crimson Delgado. Fleet. Yeah, Del, yeah, Delgado. Delgado. He's talking to you, and he's like, all right, we're going to take this ship out. And then you, of the cat. And how, how did everything go? And then you can, like, say, oh, yeah, it was good. Or you can say, yeah, Matthias and I, you know, he helped me out. He was instrumental. Or you can just say, it was great, but Matthias literally did nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can just, like, totally, like, bitch, bitch him out kind of thing. And it's so funny because then he's like, dude, why did you just say that? And, and because of that, you, like, ruin his hopes and dreams of joining the fleet and all that stuff. It's great. I love it. I was a bro to that guy. I got him back in. Oh, I hated that dude. Yeah, so I mean, I, I, mean I, I guess another spoiler um, on that is, I mean, later if you double cross him, you're gonna run into him again somewhere yeah. out in out in space, and you can really kind of have the destroy the, him. Yeah, that that was a cool thing about this game is, I most of the choices don't mean a whole lot. Like you often get like three dialogue options and some questions. And one is like neutral, one is positive, and one, I mean, it's the Bethesda thing, and one is really snarky or negative. Um, but it doesn't really, most of the time, it doesn't matter which one you choose, which is kind of cool and kind of disappointing at the same time. But sometimes it does. Sometimes it makes a big difference, like with the Matthias uh, aspects of the Crimson Fleet. Like it I makes a big say, difference of how that, that plays out for him, at least. The one thing with the Crimson Fleet that kind of bums me out is if you go to, like, slaughter some pirates, they're your buddies. And so, like, there's been so many times when I go into a place to explore and I'll go to an abandoned cryo factor or whatnot. And then, like, I'm, I'm walking up to it. I'm, like, shooting my gun to, like, stir up the hornet's nest as nothing happens. Then I walk inside his Crimson Fleet and they're just like, what's up, bro? I'm just like, God damn it. <laughs> like, I wanted to slaughter and, and you, like, why couldn't you be spacers or Varun? And yeah. even Andresia doesn't get mad when I'm wiping out her people. The Varun people, she doesn't care. Like, so I feel like, yeah, that that's the one bummer I felt is it takes out a lot of your fun exploration because you have kind of like a a thirty three percent chance to get Crimson Fleet when you go into a place. I guess yeah. I, I guess a twenty five percent chance because well, yes, what spacers, eclipse, Varun, ecliptic, or ecliptic yeah. and then um, is there an ecliptic quest set or anything no, like that? I don't no. think so. Yeah, they're just like the generic. They're just ne'er do wells. Like, yeah. yeah, they're the Same more spacers. organized spacers. Yeah, is they're like a... the what? What's it called in, in Fallout? You have like your basic bums, and then you have like your like the gang people, the eclipse. like the actual the actual organized group, yeah. and then yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's basically them. Um, the Crimson. That's the thing too is I think I did the Crimson Fleet so early on that mm -hmm. by the time and I did that whole quest straight through. I didn't start it and stop it. I did that yeah. one straight through. So once you finish that quest, you actually, depending on what you do, you rarely run into Crimson Fleet anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Or if you do, or if you do, if they're in places that they normally would be, they're non-hostile. So you can just like yeah. kind of walk through, waltz yeah. through it, and be like, "What's up, dudes?" Yeah. I, I want to kill them though. I, I <laughs> well, you can. Their, I want you their can. stuff. They got good loot. Yeah, that's that's the thing is I want their stuff. When you go looting in this game and it just turns out to be your boys, it's like oh. That sounds like a meme. There should be a meme somewhere around there. <laughs> Did I get a good one for that one? What other? I mean, 
I did all the main factions. So there's like yeah. what, four, four factions, yeah. I think. <clears throat> you do the UC, yeah. which is pretty cool. There's the Crimson right. Fleet. Right. There's Yushin the Ryushin, which cool is like one. the Thieves Guild, basically. Um, there's the well, Constellation, yeah. which it's is the, the main person. It's the corporate kind of uh, quest line, you know, yeah. like the under the 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 uh, corporate skullduggery. Yeah. Yep. Corporate what, what did you espionage. Guys, what did you guys think about the uh, Ryushin quest line? I know I, a lot of a lot of there's a lot of talk about it because it's mostly combat free. Yeah, that one and my uh, and the Crimson Fleet are probably the best two in my opinion. I didn't have any stealth like leveled up when I did reusion. So like that last mission was just me with a shocker gun. Just, <laughs> just, just after, like knocking everybody out. Like I didn't kill anybody. I just like zapped them. And then they yeah, just that was ragdolled. I mean, when you yeah. infiltrate the headquarters. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So for me, that was one of the second <laughs> last two I did. And so my, my sneak and my theft and my lock picking was all like maxed out and my oh, persuasion. Yeah. So I like just blew through that quest line and it was great because I got to use all these skills that I had spent a lot of time developing. So I really fit, fit in what's, with that one. What's so funny is on the Crimson Fleet stuff. Uh, last night I went into that UC base thing and there's a way to obviously get past everything organically, but I went through a door and like set off the alarm. So I ended up like murdering half the place and I'm just dreading going back to that ship because that dude's going to be so gonna be mad. <laughs> it's going to be like, you killed like 80 of my soldiers. <laughs> I don't know. I probably I I did. And he's that like, mission. I'll take it this time, but next time you better not do it. I think I reloaded a few times because of that. Like I I would wouldn't do it quite the way I wanted mm -hmm. to, so I started restarted it. Well, and what, I, I'll worry about it. New game plus at this point, I just want to finish the game and recycle yeah. through. What's interesting about like reusion in general is that you know it's on it's one of the mega corps on neon, right? Yeah. So it, there's an implied sense of. Uh, uh, nefarious kind of action, you know, by the corporation. So, like, when it comes to like people being decommissioned, like uh, from work, I think it's kind of implied that they were like executed, right? Yeah. Well, that <laughs> one guy definitely thought. I mean, that's at the very beginning of the quest line. It's not really yeah. spoilery, but yeah. literally, that one guy is like, he, "It's either me or you, dude." And I'm like, yeah. "Come on!" I was able to just persuade him out of it, but. Yeah, I was too, but yeah, I mean, I, I I didn't end up running into him later in the quest line. No, it, it I, kinda, did, it, I didn't. It made it, it, like, it, made it seem like you would. Yeah, it made it seem like you would, but maybe there there's an opportunity too. I'm not sure, but so you guys both finished that quest line, right? Yeah. What? what yeah. Yeah. So so spoilers, heads up, spoilers. Uh, what did you guys end up doing uh, about the the final ending? Did you did you uh, get the right person? I pretty um, much, yeah, I got the right person and I pretty much said nobody else should have this technology because it's effed yeah. up. So, so I am the only person with this technology. <laughs> yeah, well, and what, what's weird is that, you know, even, you know, you, you could, you could choose the, the right way or the, the, I guess the chivalry way to do that quest line and like, you know, uh, turn in the the coo right that's actually at fault for yeah. what's going on 
but any of your companions if you tell them like i left like x y and z in charge and they still don't like it because it's like well there's still a corrupt mega corporation it's like yeah but like i i yeah. kept someone that's <laughs> even more corrupt from usurping the throne quote and, unquote. And is it makoto is that the name of the c is that the ceo i forget i forget yeah. her name too but she's actually i mean as far as corrupt you know uh, corporations go. She's not too bad. She's like, I yeah. don't believe in killing people, and she has a I, compass of some sort. Yeah, it, yeah. it's yeah. you know, and you say like I chose to 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 do the takeover of the other company, the Ltd. Whatever, Li- or limited. I can't remember if I did that or not. But Infinity yeah, Tech about. or something. Infinity yeah. Tech, yeah. And by doing that, you know, like you get a bunch of brownie points. Like you just saved a bunch of jobs, and you have to convince people to go. Like, oh, yeah, you could just we could just convince take in and people. Keep- we could keep all the. We could just get rid of. We could keep all their tech and get rid of all the lazy employees, and we'll have all the good employees on cheap. I'm like, sure, whatever, man. Let's just do it that way. I just love chastising those scientists on that space station that were doing the trials for that company. Yeah. Like yeah. just making them feel like dog shit. Oh <laughs> yeah, like, me too. It's like you guys are. You're evil. a murderer. You, you deserve to be turned in. And then the one dude agrees with you. He's like, yeah, Jim. I think he's right. I think we're horrible people. We should go to prison. <laughs> <laughs> they are. I mean, pretty messed up. They, yeah, they, I mean, they were essentially torturing people, you know? Oh, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty gnarly. It was yeah. pretty gnarly. I was like, damn, when, when I was just hearing what they were saying, they they had to do to people and like, they, yeah, we lost, an, we lost another batch of uh, <laughs> people. It's like, yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> another batch of them. Oh, another batch. <laughs> Oops. Um, Did you guys both do the uh, UC quest lines? Oh yeah, yeah. I thought that, I like that's that how too, I actually, actually got that the one Crimson was, Fleet crest line. That was quest cool. line is I never got arrested, but I became a uh, UC whatever Vanguard. pilot Vanguard. Vanguard. And then um, what's this stuff? My commanding officer said, "Hey, we need to talk to you about something," yeah. and it was that. Well, you know what? What was interesting? I, I brought up to you guys. I texted. I was like, "Have you guys ran into one of these terror morphs that like yeah. makes you like hear stuff?" I, I actually that was did not. Crazy. The, the first one I came across was not while I was actively doing that quest. I just randomly went to Toleman Two. I think yeah. you know where where the where Londinian technically was, right? And oh, uh, Londinian. I, I took out the Terramorph there on the outside area of the of the mission before technically you get there and do it. So when I got there for the mission, there all there were just like some thralls running around. There was actually no Terramorph that was um, actively out in the, the the industrial area before you enter the facility. So um, yeah, and then and then I I started the quest line. I was like, oh, one of these is like right here in Jemison, you know, with the attack. So, oh yeah. So I I thought the terror I had, when you had said that sent us that text Josh I had never do- seen a terramorph. Oh. I was okay. like so that sounds terrifying and they are kind of terrifying like but by the time I'd ran into I did that quest line I was like at level 38 or something like that so I was like I could take and I had badass weapons at that point yeah. I was like I could take a terramorph. What did but you guys do? Clara, cool. What did you yeah. guys decide on at the end of that quest line? Did you go with the uh, the the natural way or the bioengineering? Uh, uh, or I, I put the the other animals out. That's right. I, I, I it reminded me too much of the genophage in Mass <laughs> yeah. Effect. To, yeah, yeah. To put the spray out, and I'm just like, I don't trust this. Dude, I just those went things... through some corporate espionage. So whatever altruistic, like you know, motivations you guys claim to have, 
Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna bake something else you're in there. You're gonna it up, right. Yeah, those things so. those things looked like Giratina from Pokemon. It's like a legendary like dragon Pokemon that like basically is like the ender of worlds. Yeah. So, but yeah, there I I chose that way too. I was like, yeah, it, it's. I mean, I I could just see how like, oops, we're we're you know sending this uh you know manufactured microbe out into the world and it's gonna have unforeseen outcomes when it mutates but it's gonna be fast yeah it's gonna be too fast and it's gonna mutate and it's gonna attack humans and then yeah. it's gonna wipe you know so yeah I that's how you get the zombie apocalypse that's how you get fallout on a universal level i yeah. did the i did the microbes because i'm like you know what <clears throat> after the other shit you guys pulled up to this point i'm like we just need to end it with the we don't need another another attack with the terramorphs and all that shit I kind of like to see one of those animals like eat a terror morph. They talk about <laughs> it like how it's kind of like There's it's kind of like well yeah, like they efficiently eat them. And I was like, well, how? Like, what do they just? Is it like a wood chipper? Like, what what happens? Is Can it, I like, ride a, one of them? It just destroy, uh, like hoover up some terror morphs. Well, they say they're non-hostile unless you attack them. So, well, and they were livestock. Yeah, so it's like this yeah. makes a whole lot of sense to do. Uh, this is kind of a, a little more heavier in the spoil territory. What did you do about Vivictus? Oh, that? that's that the was, that was the, the old the admiral that supposedly died was executed, but he actually was the one who led the attack uh, with the oh, terror. Oh, that guy! I didn't, I didn't let him off. Like I, I told the council like that he was responsible, but yeah. I don't think that. I think I maybe mentioned to them that you know, if possible, like spare him because yeah. he did ultimately. Like while his intentions were to essentially bring his family uh, name out of the the toilet, um, I think is kind of what his, how why he was acting like that. He also uh, did uh, reach us to an outcome at which we were essentially saving humanity at large. Yeah. I rage executed him. I hated that guy. Like yeah, I, I was... made I made sure everybody knew exactly what he did. I made sure I don't care what your motivations are at that point. I guess a dude in Jedi Survivor. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to give away spoilers, but I hated that guy after what he did. <laughs> and I hated this dude after I found out what he did. It, it was stupid. So I, he got I, caught in my game. At the, at the onset, I'm like, dude, this guy was a scapegoat. And I felt a little bit bad for him because I'm like, oh yeah, of course he blew up Londinian because it was literally being swarmed by terramorphs. It was a tough call. I get it. And he sacrificed, you know, like he was the, you know, admiral in the military. Of course, he destroyed a bunch of free star collective. So um, I kind of thought that was a weak excuse for making him be executed. But then when you find out he's the one who orchestrated the entire attack on um, both that colony and yeah. free star collective. Yeah. I'm like, and he, and he was the only reason he attacked Londinian was to cover up that mm -hmm. knowledge about the Terramorphs. I'm like, oh yeah, fuck this dude. That guy's a that guy is a bad man. Yep. And so I I told the I told Hadrian right before, and then I we told the uh, the the whatever the um whatever the group is that's running the three star yeah. or the UC, and I had them do whatever they wanted. But I guess if you if you don't have him executed, if you keep it secret then you get a bunch of like hunter missions where you go and hunt down some bad dudes in the universe. It's just kind of yeah. cool. You're essentially his like private hitman, I think. Yeah. But I'm like, <clears throat> I'm not making a deal with the devil just to have a couple fun, fun hunting quests there. 
Plus, yeah. I was like, I'm done with the UC anyway. So, I'm a citizen. That's all that matters. Right. Yeah. I get a pretty I get my. Ass. I got my penthouse. I'm good. Penthouse. Yeah. Um, I haven't been to that, to be quite honest with you, in the game yet. It's. I it's just it like an outpost. You gotta. You gotta furnish uh, it when you uh, walk yeah. in. It's empty, and so I put like some some uh, stations in there for like my suit and my weapons and stuff, but I haven't been back up. Yeah. I like jumping from the balcony, which is kind of cool. You can jump from the balcony. That's the other and hit thing. Hit your is, rockets right before you hit the ground. Yeah. It's like, that's the other thing when we go back to our discussion about open world or sandbox. Like, it it seems like these are a bunch of different zones, but they're actually all connected. Yeah. Surprisingly. Um, so let's kind of jump in. I, I would say I liked the Crimson Fleet the most, but I honestly, I think the UC one was my second favorite. Um Freestar Collective and Ryujin were both really good, though. I like the, the UC the quest, quest line the most. I think the thing that's taking me out of Crimson Fleet is, again, my criticism from earlier, where when I want to go looting and it's yeah. just my boys chilling, I'm just like, well, damn it. I like the whole da- double agent aspect of the Crimson Fleet and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's cool, but, like, I want <clears> the loot. Like that's yeah. the only reason why I they bother with those loot. places. They have all of them have really good loot. I just you get a wish badass that... weapon for completing that quest line. Yeah. I By just the way, wish... well, you, when you when you turn in all the when you turn in all the evidence, right? Is that what you mean? No, no, no. When you just um, when you just kind of go towards the end, you get that uh, machine gun. Oh, okay, okay. Would y'all like to learn a loot exploit that I? Sure. Heard? So allegedly. What the best way to loot is to go out to the higher tiered galaxies, so like mm-hmm. the level, you know, the higher level ones, and then before you go into a place, turn your difficulty up yeah. to very yeah. hard. Yep. yep. And then when you when you, once you trigger the discovery, go back down to easy. Go back yeah. down because all the loot gets locked in. Yeah. yeah, I heard that too. I haven't done it, but I've heard that, and I probably will do that with my new game plus. Yeah. Um. What are some? <clears throat> some we got a little bit of time left. There's some really cool side quests uh, to, I think we should talk about. Uh, And, and I think it's fine to talk about the, uh, some of the companion quests as well. So Josh, you mentioned the Juna, the Juno side quest. That's a really cool one. Do you want to want to talk a little bit about that one? Yeah. So essentially, you know, I think you can randomly find this ship in, I think I want to say like two or three different galaxies, right? Um, uh, and, systems. Yeah, systems. We're, in, we're yeah. all in the Milky Way here. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. The systems. Uh, um, but essentially, you know, you approach it, and it's. I think essentially, like it, it gives the appearance of being like a defunct freighter, right? And then you end up docking on it, and you come across, lo and behold, if you've done um, the reusion uh, quest line at that point you come across a couple operatives from the Ryujin industries. So I think inside. you run into them either way. It's yeah. Just, well, if you've yeah. done Ryujin, yeah. it gives you some additional options. Yeah. The, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so you, you get in there, you know, you talk to these guys, um, and essentially what you've come to realize is that you've come across a, a ship that's been, uh, you know, traveling on its own throughout the, throughout the universe. Um, and it's it's uh, based off of I believe some sort of like probe back yeah, from yeah. and you know NASA Voyager. yeah yeah One of those. yeah I think it's the and, Juno probe yeah 
but it was uh, it was um, you know collecting in- intel and information about the universe. Somehow it comes in contact with something that uh, melds its framework with the ship that it's on. So effectively, it can you know it's a sentient ship. And um, um, couple that with the fact that <clears throat> excuse me um, throughout its existence, um, people that have come across it have been like, holy crap, this thing is so cool. What what does it what makes it tick? I'm not gonna try to uh, touch it too much, but I'm going to add a collective of information to it, right? Mm-hmm. So that it essentially I'm teaching it, right? So it's being taught by hum- humans throughout the galaxy that have also uh, taken it upon themselves to um, not really. It's kind of like an unwritten agreement to not disclose that this thing exists, right? So and. One of the things that you're tasked with in this mission is kind of learning more about it through its computer records and then talking to it to try to get it, A, to either take a – essentially like a like a virus, right, that would kill it mm-hmm. or is supposed to kill it, created by Riju and Industries, or turn on the operatives that are, are there as you talk to it. <clears throat> and, you know, you – you start to understand from talking to it and looking at the the computer records that it has like, you know, responses, like it'll be like query and then it'll be, it'll ask a a question because it's thinking and it's curious and it wants to know uh, why your motivations are such that they are. And, you know, ultimately it's, it's acting from a, as most humans do, it's acting from a perspective of self-preservation. So, um, you do a Turing test. Yeah. So, so I elected to on this mission um, side with Juno, and uh, you know I was like, okay, this thing like maybe maybe if it had not been touched by so many people and been modified to the extent where it's finally modifying itself and learning and growing um, and really just seeking information in the world or the the universe. Um, I probably would have elected to try to to uh, turn it off, and I do know the outcome of that, um, which is kind of uh, funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so what? But so after that, you know, I go talk to the two operatives, and since I had done the reusion side quest at that point, um, or quest line, um, I have the option to basically talk them down and persuade them to. Say, hey, buddy. Like you, you guys, you guys go get a drink. I'll I'll, I'll wrap things up here. Or I'll, I'll drop you off at Neon, essentially, right? And so, so at that point, you know, you you finish the quest. It's no harm, no foul. The the other option, if you were to uh, side with the operatives and try to uh, kill this ship effectively, you you on the surface you appear to have done that. But after you leave and they have not left to get back to their ship, I think their ship may have been destroyed actually. But um. They, I think they intended to pilot the ship out of there. Um, something goes wrong with the with the virus. Uh, Juno comes back online and be- effectively kills the guys on the ship by uh, cutting off the life support. <laughs> and it's just kind of like a damn, like don't 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 piss this uh, seriously piss this sentient ship off. But it, it was so cool. It's a bit, it's like a you talk about like. A, you know, pop culture, like, references. Like, this yeah. just, like, oozes Star Trek, this mission. Yeah. Just, you know, something that you would come across in a uh, uh, self-contained episode of Star Trek is yeah. what it reminded me of. It's a very cool short mission. Jared, any any 
short side missions or companion quest lines that jump out for you? So two, one's really short. The other one is just freaking awesome. So I, I alluded to this one on our last podcast. I just don't want to be very specific about it. But on Aquila, you can, um, it, I think it has something to do with a beer run, I think is the mission name. And essentially these people own a business together and one of their partners is not holding up his end of the bargain because he started home brewing and his home brew got really popular and it's selling well it's super like you know and so it's it's trending up and it's hurting the other side of the business and so this lady tasks you with sabotaging a batch of the beer so it's not as popular so the dude has to pretty much give it up and um and then he can focus on the main side of the business and that was just a weird freaking mission yeah. i did um so, it sounds it sounds like the almost like the black briar kind of yeah like yeah stuff. oh yeah, yeah. except point. this was literally all of 10 minutes yeah to do where black briar you right. know is a little bit more involved yeah but uh my another really good one was called first contact and there's oh, a mission yeah. Or there's like a planet a where um, yep. Paradiso. Yeah, yeah, it's essentially yeah. like a pleasure planet. It's like Cancun in space. And um, what happens is there's this ship orbiting the planet, and they can't hail this ship for whatever reason. Well, it's because their comms are. Well, no, I'll get. I'll, I'm, I'm, oh, okay. I'm telling Sorry. the story. Okay. Jeez. Sorry. So the planet can't get in contact with the ship, and the ship can't get in contact with the planet. And so you go to the ship and you figure out that these are humans that left Earth before the majority of humans left yeah. Earth. So their technology was lacking. And so it took them forever. Well, to not get only to that point, Jared, but it's like it's a it's like a generation. Yeah, it's a generation. Yeah, so these aren't yeah. even the people that left. Yeah. And they had charted they had mapped this planet out. They've charted this planet out. They've scanned this planet from Earth. And this was going to be like their place to go. But yeah. once they get there, there's like a hotel and stuff and resort. And um, so you open up communication, but then you go down to the planet and the corporation's just like, yeah, um, we're pretty much established here. So Fuck it out. is what it is. And then you go and talk to the people and you're like, why don't you settle on the other side of the planet? It's a big planet. They're like, well, <laughs> we had planned this spot out. And if we don't, blah, 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 blah. So there's a few ways you can go about this. You can either, I think, kind of coerce them into being integrated into the resort, yeah. or you can indentured servants. Yeah, yeah and then you can do something where it kind of screws over the corporation. But what I elected to do was actually fix a grav drive to their ship because they didn't have it at the time when they left Earth, and so they can essentially go and settle wherever the fuck they want to go. Um, and that was, I think, the good ending, quote unquote, was to just let them go off and choose a new spot, and everybody was happy. But I thought that that was so freaking weird. Yeah. Um, I mean, and then I like made the conversations them. you have with the people on the planet, they're like, "Yeah, no." <laughs> it's like I, the, I, the cable I, company I, in South Park. They're like, "Oh." Yeah. <laughs> I essentially just made I, I did the indentured servitude thing just because like I, I was like these people like it's just they'll be like oh well they'll be like oh you know what you know I think that's a good idea they thought it was a good idea because uh you know we we've been on this ship for so long that we don't know really how to you know do things for ourselves it, it would be good for us to get out there and you know have a have a meaning to our existence here and that's a very Ron DeSantis approach Josh I know right I don't know. I just thought it. I thought it was funny. I was like, I mean, I, what's it, gonna it, happen? I get that, but 
Um, I did what Jared did and went and fixed it a grab drive and all that stuff. And everyone um, I, was super happy. I'll mention a couple and then we'll wrap up. Yeah. Um, I just a quick one. There's lots of really cool, like quick things where you just randomly run into things. But one that I, I did by accident, uh, um, yesterday, yeah, last night, actually, I just, ju- I was just jumping to random systems and I came across another derelict ship mm-hmm. and, and I docked with it and you find out everyone's dead. No one's alive. And all these people were dying from like puncture wounds and stuff like that. Uh, well, it turns out an alien creature got on board of the ship Ooh. and started killing people and made its nest in there. And so xenomorph. No, I it's no, but it's like that. It's like this like spidery weird thing because it like starts making these like nests in there and stuff like huh. that, and you go through and uh, it's a really short like you just there's no no interaction with anybody anything. <clears throat> you just have this. You end up unlocking the sealed off section of the ship, and this monster alien comes after you, mm-hmm. and it's pretty cool. Um, I, I just random. I think it's the col- the colander is the name of the ship or something like that. If people want to check it out. Um, the other things I really like some of the companion quest lines. I did both Andresia and yeah. um, um, Barrett's. Yeah. Barrett's is pretty cool. Uh, Barrett's just kind of an interesting character. He's like sarcastic, and I love that. But you you can follow both of their quests. I did yeah, one for well, Walter Barrett, too. Barrett's definitely like the he's like a scientist Han Solo sort of yeah, character. He yeah. is. He is. And his quest line is really cool because you just like go around investigating this uh, this uh, mining corporation that's doing shady shit. Well, yeah, they effective they effectively you know destroyed an ecosystem. <laughs> yeah, it's it's shitty. And then uh, one other thing I'll mention real quick is I was doing this. I think this was a side mission where I ended up. I docked with a space station and I go in and you see this UC guy security guard that's been shot and he's down. He's like, there's, there's Raiders in here. You know what? There's a, there's a chat. There's like a crate with all this stuff in it. It's yours. If you deal with the Raiders, I'm like, sure, man. And you go through and you explore, you shoot shoot the UC guy and then take seven. (laughs) (laughs) But you go through and you end up doing zero G fighting. And I thought that was so cool. Mm -hmm. So so is that the casino? No, this is not the casino. Okay, okay, because that that was another cool one. Was that that zero G casino? No, um, this was I'm blanking this on the name just of like uh, I think it was just like a research vessel, vessel yeah. like space station, and you go through and you just clear out all these pirates. I think they're spacers, and uh, you know at the end, it's cool. There's sections that are gravity have gravity, and then there's sections with zero G. And you're just floating around, and when you fire guns with more kick, you actually get kicked back. When you get hit, you get kicked back. It's it's kind of neat. It's just really it's kind of really fun. Well, we're gonna wrap up this week's episode there. Remember, you can find us at Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it at pod underscore win, and you can shoot us an email at play the number two win pod at gmail dot com. Please give us a like, give us a five star rating, say something nice. You can give us say a kiss. Nice, say nice comment. You can say give us a smooch. Yeah, I'll say I'll take it. And uh, you know, tell all your friends if you like it. Remember, 
were the best thing to send your enemies if you hate it. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll keep these coming. We got one more episode we're going to do for Starfield. It will be our full on typical spoiler cast, like our normal format. And that will be coming later. And, uh, we'll, uh, keep you guys in. And then Alex and I are going to do a good conversation on the Phantom Liberty with cyberpunk. Oh yeah. I've been in that. I've also spent just a crap ton of time in that game. And so we're, we're going to, we're going to get into that too. So yeah, 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 for sure. Josh well, may or may not be on that one, depending on if he wants to or not. I, you that, know, I haven't, I haven't played it, but I mean, I have probably time to potentially. Yeah. So maybe, yeah. I mean, at least try the new update for a little bit. Don't you don't have that. So I have to give it into Phantom Lib. Anyway, we'll talk about this offline. That Thank you good. folks. Thanks folks. Until next time. Bye.
I got to go.